there, everyone. If you are joining us live, it is 2 p.m. on a Friday afternoon, which means it's time for another kick-ass career conversation. I'm Kim. I'm Louise. And today we have with us... Christelle Court. Yay, Christelle. We're so glad that you're here, and we will let the world know all about you in just a little bit. But we're going to start this week how we start every week. Friends, what are we celebrating? Oh. Um, oh. That was like yeah. the biggest pause. <laughs> I know, because it's like, I think I'm celebrating a lot of things. Okay. Um, this this last week, actually the last few weeks, has been uh, one of those kind of reflective times for me. It, it is, I think, in the just the ebb and flow of business, looking back on the year. It's not really the end of my year. Uh, Kim and I, we've kind of talked about how, right, we still have like one little quarter that we kind of slam into our kind of 12 month ebb and flow of business. But 2023 is wrapping up very, very soon. And so um, attending uh, a workshop around reflecting on, you know, what's worked in the business, what hasn't worked in the business, and actually really celebrating, taking the time to like pick through the things and celebrate some of the things that I've done throughout the year. Um, it, it was pretty phenomenal. There were a few things on my list that I didn't get to, um, and that's okay. There were a lot of things I tried and that didn't work, and that's okay too. Um, but I, I just kind of celebrating the, the things that I've birthed into the world in 2023 um, it was really interesting and, and very worthwhile. Much like we do our celebrations here every week, uh, taking the time to look back on the year uh, was very, uh, very worthwhile um, and celebrating some pretty awesome things there too. Love that. Love nice. It's that re time. Christelle, you and I have had that conversation a couple times today. Exactly. Yeah, I think mine is very similar. It's this drawing down time of year, um, the kind of liminal space of looking back and looking ahead um, and really celebrating like what I said yes to this year and also what I said no to. So some of the big yeses, if you would have asked me two years ago about public speaking, that's not a thing I ever thought that I would be doing and I'm presenting at retreats and conferences and all kinds of things. So I can, I guess, say I'm a public speaker now and saying no to the contract work that I've been doing and stepping away from that with, um, you know, a lot of grace to really double down on, on what I've always wanted to do, the vision I have for myself and for my business that really feels aligned. So what I said yes to and what I said no to this year. Yeah, I feel that deeply. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. And conversations that Louise and I have all the time behind the scenes is beyond this podcast. It's right in our own businesses and together in um, when when we're developing things for your kick-ass career, it's, it's what is serving, what is not serving. What is this the end of a season? Is this a start of a season? So mm -hmm. really spending that time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. I am celebrating, I am celebrating the, the, I'm, I don't even know how to phrase this. I think it's the openness to just receiving. And in that way, it's all different types of receiving. Um, the, the one that I have in mind particularly is I've had a couple of weeks now where, um, I've been working with different coaches uh, of mine. I have multiple that I use for different reasons, and I've been using them for for 
these relationships for specific support and different, they're each providing different support and receiving that support in a way that has me excited and hungry for more. Mm -hmm. So um, some of it is challenging, right? And some of it is um, I'm receiving the challenges with grace. It's the like, oh, okay. Um, not just that reflecting back to me of, of kind of what they're seeing, but the, hey, I challenge you to take this step. Hey, I challenge you to go do this thing or listen to this thing that maybe is outside of, of what you normally do. And I'm receiving those, those um, offerings, those opportunities um, in really from a place of curiosity, experimentation, which I also know we've talked, uh, talked about recently, right? That, that, and play. Right. This is a big thing for me. 2023, it was not my word for the year, but play has come up over and over and over again. Like people keep reminding me to play. And so I think that's part of this type of receptive place that I'm in is it's more playful. It's like, yeah, I can go check that out. Yeah, I can go experiment with that. So I don't know. I like I can't narrow it down to exactly what it is, but it, I'm very, I, I am grateful for them for giving me these challenges and I am celebrating that I'm stepping into them. Does that work? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Does it's that make sense? It all works. <laughs> it all works. Um, Christelle, before we go any further, let's let the world know about your genius that you're bringing to the table today. So Christelle is a certified life and wellness coach and human design guide, empowering her clients to unearth their magic, taking action to change what isn't working in their lives to make way for more of what is. One of the greatest joys in her life has been training and developing individuals in the corporate world, the dance yoga studio, and in the elementary school classroom. True to her manifesting generator energy type, three of them here on the screen, friends. Oh boy. Many gens together. <laughs> she has experienced a number of pivots throughout her life and career. From coach to executive assistant and yoga instructor to educational aid, Christelle's life path and calling has followed the path of leader, teacher, and coach. She's a fan of a properly loaded dishwasher, handwritten thank you cards, and a well-placed curse word, amen. In her downtime, you will find Christelle cooking healthy meals for her loved ones, reading with her dog, reading with your dog, mm -hmm. reading with her dog, spending time in nature, enjoying live music and traveling with her husband of 26 years and their kiddos now 17 and 20. And I had the great pleasure of meeting Christelle in person <laughs> on one of those travels when I was traveling as well. So that, that was just, <laughs> yeah, the odds of us running into each other on the streets of Halifax. <laughs> Right? It's like neither of us live there. No, completely. Who would have known? That was really funny. Anyway, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. All right. Before you ask your magic question, Louise, I want to know, Christelle, reading with your dog. So just is that like curling up and cuddling with your dog? He happened. Yeah. See, he's not reading with you. No, he didn't. He, he doesn't read. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, this could be a truly magical <laughs> no, no, dog. No. I was very excited. We call it red chair time. The living room has red chairs in it. And so we sit in the red chairs and he curls up and we read and he'll do it with anybody in the house. <laughs> but he's like, I love this minute when we do this. You I guys sit that. still. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. So uh, life coach, human design, 
Uh, I know uh, back in the day uh, when we probably all graduated from high school and going into right our careers, those were two things that probably didn't even exist. Those are brand new things when we think about careers and options, at least for me, it was, those weren't options. Now they could be, I'm not saying they didn't exist. They didn't exist in my world. Yeah. Right. And so not having an idea that this was a career or a choice, like I want to know, Christelle, like, like when you kind of launched out into your career life, like what did you think you'd be doing this far down the path? (laughs) When I first went to university, I was a drama major. And I thought I wanted to be a drama teacher, right? Because the word that the universe, the world uses for what I my skill set was, was teaching. Mm-hmm. And I did a year of that and was like, I don't love this. I don't love what, because I love drama class in high school and I grew up dancing. I don't love what this environment is doing to something that I used to find really fun. And now I'm really not liking it. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I was, I thought teacher and then I didn't really want to work in a traditional classroom and I'm actually facing these conversations with my daughter who's graduating. She's in grade 12 this year. So yeah, a lot of like, I know what it sounds like to you as teacher, but I really want you to put yourself in the energy of being in the classroom, being in that building for the rest of your life with the kids of any age. Right. So that was me kind of going, that's not what it is either. So my degree is actually in leisure tourism and society, which my family fondly calls basket weaving. (laughs) Because I was teaching dancing for Calgary Parks and Rec at the time, I was like, I want to, I want to lead programs for like forever. I can program things. I can do registration. I want to run, you know, a rec center. And that really never came to fruition either. So when I graduated from university with some student loans and whatever. I was like, I need a job. I wound up in finance. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so she started where I started and went to where you went. <laughs> I landed in finance too. Maybe that there's an easy in there when you have some post-secondary education. I don't know. It was never in my purview that I would end up in a finance department doing accounting for a decade at all. No. And my aunt said, I thought you said you never wanted to work downtown. I never wanted to commute. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't want to have to dress up. Like a nine to five job. None of that. None yeah. of that. And here I was. So <laughs> I wound up in that role becoming an assistant team leader for like one of the teams within the, the department that I worked in. And there was a lot of coaching that was happening as part of this. It was a call center environment. So lots of coaching, being an assistant team leader, really amped that up and on extra training and actually being the coach instead of the coachee. So that was kind of my first foray into it, which eventually when I did my coach training, as I know it today, I really had to unpack a lot of the stuff that I thought was coaching from that job, right? Yep. A hundred percent. This was this was very coaching in service of the bank's goals, not coaching in service of the individual's goals. And I really had to unpack that through my training. So, yeah, when I was in school, I would not have thought that my first job out of university was working for a big five bank, selling mortgages and investments and 
doing 13 calls per hour, whatever the target was like, you know, yeah. Yeah. And I left, I left that job, um, on mat leave with my son. My last day was, uh, July 4th independence day. And in my head, I was like, I am never coming back here again. Like, I don't really care what it takes, but this is not the job for me. This is not where I envision my life. So I had my own little private independence day party. And ironically, it was also um, parade day in Calgary and my office window overlooked the parade route. So I kept kind of joking that they were throwing me a parade on my independence day. (laughs) So I did not go back to that job after my one year Matt Lee was up. So, yeah. So what did you do after that? Is that when, like, yeah, what happened after that? (laughs) I mortgage brokered. The bank had paid for some additional training and I got my mortgage broker training. So I just kind of sidestepped still in finance, not where I thought I would wind up. Um, But it gave me the flexibility to be home with my son um, and kind of early days of people working from home and stuff. Right. So still took the skills that I had. But was not really, and I guess there was a coaching aspect to, you know, people finding their home and dealing with their finances and stuff, but uh, it just was not terribly fulfilling for me. So I did that for like quite a few years. And then once my kids were in school, uh, I that's when I pivoted to uh, ed assist work. So I had challenged, I challenged an exam with the Alberta government and passed. So started working as an educational assistant, uh, teaching preschool was where I started. Eventually kindergarten assisting for a local private school where people pay a lot of money for their kid to go to kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would probably still be there. Then kind of life had a different plan for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then you had another pivot. Another pivot. That one was post death of my dad, mm-hmm. which was sudden and unexpected. Um, the lawyer and Kim will love to know that he died without a will. Mm-hmm. And that would be my insert. Everybody get a will mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, it took me five years to settle his estate. Oof. Much of it was um, a full-time job mm-hmm. and a lot of money that was, I mean, ultimately his, but uh, yeah, I was dealing with multiple properties and, multiple individuals and lawyers in two provinces and et cetera, et cetera. So out of that, I developed a ton of skills to do virtual assisting because I was running, I was basically running his life, right? Mm-hmm. As a business. So I could run other people's businesses for them. There's a ton of things that I've learned over the last couple of years that I can manage other people's things. So I was before the pandemic, probably five clients, 42 hours a week. It's like having five part-time jobs little bit of bookkeeping, a little bit of content creation, a little bit of blog writing, email management, travel booking, and the pandemic that was just like sand through my fingers because mm-hmm. this were hit so, so hard that, you know, they didn't necessarily need the help, couldn't afford the help or didn't need it because their business slowed down too. Yeah. 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 And so, then into coaching. And then that was kind of like, well, I have all this free time on my hands now. <laughs> I'm finally going to do that coaching certification I've been putting off forever. And uh, dug into human design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I kept pulling at those threads mm-hmm. was, right, our conversation today is around a pivot. And yep. so much like you, I have had multiple pivots. Mm-hmm. Multiple. Um, and 
you know, I was like, well, of course, because I'm a true manifesting generator and this is what I do, right? We have all the passions, we do all the things. Mm -hmm. And yet there's another manifesting generator sitting with us who didn't have pivots like that. Did pivot, but it was, it looked different, right? It, mm -hmm. I feel like, Cristela, as you were talking about, it was almost like the skipping along. It was like, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing, right? And it was getting you closer and closer to what feels aligned. But it was kind of just bumping along and figuring that out. Mm -hmm. I th the When we talk about pivoting, most I, I feel like most people would not call that pivoting. They didn't call it pivoting for me, right? Mm -hmm. it, because, right, I was in the entertainment sector. I went to law school. I was a practicing attorney. I practiced multiple types of law. I went from there into the nonprofit sector. In the nonprofit sector, I found my way to into nonprofit education. So then I was in the education sector. Then I went from that into running my business. And most people <laughs> called that scatterbrained, <laughs> failure to, to focus, like when are you going to grow up and decide what you're going to do kind of thing? How could you possibly leave those things? And then some people were excited by it. But I'm curious in terms of all of us, like when we think about pivot, does pivot happen when we're just kind of bumping along and kind of fall into something? Or does pivot always have to be intentional? Mm, I think it's when we realize that we have learned what we needed to learn from a situation or taken what we've needed to take from it. And we can kind of pick up those nuggets. And we talked about this this morning that I really believe that everybody's got this kind of invisible fanny pack that they can tuck stuff into and rummage around in mm -hmm. when they need it. So we can grab that tool later and cobble it together with something else. And then, you know, weld it together with something else from another thing. And eventually we've created this like one true and beautiful life. Mm-hmm. Mm and I'd be curious to know more about Louise's pivots yeah. <laughs> because yeah. part of, I think, what manifesting generators, since we're all three that similar, um, we deal with a lot of shame around those pivots, right? That it feels like a failure, it feels like a mistake, or it feels like we messed up or we didn't give it our all or whatever that looks like, that there's a ton of shame. So for me, learning like, okay, but hang on, look back at it and pick the golden thread that ties them all together which is that teacher leader coach theme. That's always what appealed to me. That's always the stuff I liked to do. It was always about the people I was doing it with, not the thing I was doing, right? Even the very crappy job where I was getting yelled at all day at the bank was I went to work because I loved the team that I did it with. And some of my closest friends are still from that job. So I'd love to know about Louise's pivots. Well, it, it's interesting because so for me, I worked in the same organize. I grew up in the same organization. Mm -hmm. um, it was one of those first like real adult jobs that I got in a call center. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, and and from there, um, I worked my way through almost every department uh, on almost every um, role that you could possibly imagine um, from right admin to finance um, every job in the accounting department you could possibly imagine, um, into, um, analytics, 
Um, then I was able to get into IT. I built my own team from the ground up. I right petitioned the company to say we need a data analytics team because you know other companies are blowing us away by the information that they know mm-hmm. about their um, about their clients and and grew from there. And so like my my growth, my pivots in that organization felt less like me driving and more like um, someone serving me up a new opportunity. And they said, hey, uh, Louise, I think you could do this. Or, hey, I think you could do that. Or, right, I, I did not feel like I was in the driver's seat. Now, not to say that I did not have a fabulous career, right? I did a lot of things and I gathered a lot of experience. Uh, you call it a fanny pack. I often think about walking around with sticky notes all over me, right? And every time you turn around, there's another sticky note there because I learned something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I left that role, I got headhunted, again, served up, right? Not looking for a new opportunity, but I got headhunted into a new organization and I left my entire life behind. And I didn't realize how unsettling that would be because I had no relationships there. I had I had no credibility. I had no social connection or or even a moral or emotional connection to the organization because it was an in, in an industry that didn't even resonate with me. But I took it because it was served, right? And I was like, well, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't go for this higher paying job with a title and a right more responsibility? I'd be crazy to leave it behind, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I took it. But for me, it was it. I felt like it was served to me over and over again. And then I hit a wall, right? Mm-hmm. I had none of those um, other things that you get from work, right? I didn't have those relationships. I didn't have those friendships. I didn't have. Um, a voice at the table. I was the only female leader in a in the entire business unit, and I got excluded all the time. And so, right, like I found myself very, very lost and disconnected from the work that I was trying to do. And then I didn't even know, like, what the hell was I trying to do? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even have that. I had no purpose. I had no mission. I had no vision. I had nothing. Um, right. And so, I had to leave before I had a breakdown. Um, but to me, it was only then that I pivoted. I don't consider all those other things pivots because you're right. It wasn't, I didn't feel it was intentional. Like not to say it didn't validate the opportunity, right? And eventually I, I knew I was in choice all the time. You could take it or leave it. But it felt like when somebody serves you something and you go, oh yeah, sure, right? Like, oh, here's here's a grilled cheese sandwich. You're like, yeah, sure, I like grilled cheese, right? Oh, here's another one. Oh yeah, I like that. And here's another one, here's another one. You have no idea of, right, that there's, you know, a million kinds of sandwiches or or this kind of cheese. Or you don't know what's out there. You just know that somebody gives you something, you're like, yeah, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. I can eat cheese. I can eat. Yeah, that looks good. It's fine. Yeah, sure. yeah. I'm, I really am like feeling called to say, I think that might be a, a generational thing too. I'm not sure that younger generations are quite as quick to take what is served up to them. That yeah. This kind of Gen X thing, yeah. right? Where we, we watched our moms really have to claw for whatever they got. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we're like being served these opportunities. Like, of course I'm going to take this on. But I think, I mean, 
some great advice I received a long time ago was that everybody needs a millennial mentor. Well, I think now everybody needs a Gen Z mentor um, <laughs> because I don't think they're as willing to kind of go along for the ride. They're going to kind of ask a lot more questions about what's in it for them as well. They should, we should have, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I don't, maybe it's the revel in me when things were served up to me, I assumed that was not for me. Mm. Like if something came my way, it was the, it, it wasn't that I would turn it away immediately. It wasn't a, no, I don't want that, but I would look at it and I would say, why would I want that? So if you offered me the grilled cheese, I'd be like, is it American cheese? Cause I really don't want it. Like now, if you're talking about, is it good? No, yeah. American cheese. Yeah, the American turns down the read, American cheese. We won't read anything in that. No, you don't have to read anything at all. I'm in Canada. For real. <laughs> America. Um, so yeah. So, but if you offered me Gouda, I would, oh, yes, please. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it is interesting hearing you say that because I absolutely saw that in my colleagues and I didn't understand, like, I thought there was something wrong with me because I wasn't going up whatever food chain was <laughs> the buffet that was being served. I had no interest in going up that food chain. Yeah. I had interest in something that was deeper, more meaningful and more purposeful for me. And I, you know, maybe it says something about, it's weird. I just, I was going to say, maybe it says something about my loyalty, but I feel like my loyalties are not to organizations and systems. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it was never about where can I go in this company? It was always, or in this firm or in this organ, whatever it was, it was what's next for me. And so every one of my, even though from the outside, it looked like I was bumping along and I had, I did have when I decided to pivot, that's when things would be handed to me. That's that Manny Gen thing, right? And for if if you're listening and you have no idea why we keep talking about manifesting generator, <laughs> I feel like that woman who's like, it's manifesting, look it up. Um, <laughs> she's awesome, by the way. Um, but it, it so that's part of human design. And all three of us have that part of our charts that are the same, this manifesting yeah. generator. Um, but I feel like that's part of it for me is when I decided to make a pivot, I maybe didn't know what I wanted next. In fact, I never knew what I wanted next. I was never truly clear on it. That's when things we could serve to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think we come into um, our career pivots, like at these pivotal moments, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we either, we either bump along. Or, right, we either go for the Gouda or stick with the, the regular grilled cheese. Like, we come to these moments. Um, but we also come to these moments kind of with our own career stories, right? With our own work stories and what a career is supposed to look like or should look like. And so even though we might have the same, right, Kim, you, we might have came to the same moment at the same time. And you, you being the rebel going, nope. It's Gouda, right? And me going, oh no, that's that's the story I have about because that's what I saw my parents do. Mm -hmm. My parents worked at the same company for forty freaking years, right? Okay. Or two of them, anyways. Yeah. But right, like, and so that that you just did that, and so yeah, whereas I saw, why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. Whereas I saw my mom 
leave a, a very good teaching career that she was happy in. She put herself back, got herself an MBA when I was little. She put herself uh, into the corporate sector. She moved along. She moved herself up and moved herself into different op opportunities within organizations. I saw this adventurous, adventure-seeking, like, I'm going to follow what's right for me. So that is that was my work story, is you don't stay when it it no longer serves you, like when you have a, a deeper passion or purpose. Yeah, I'm hearing that you had loyalty to yourself really well established, not necessarily that corporate ladder, or the, you know, gold watch at the end or whatever that is, right? Yeah. Or yeah. used to be. I don't think that exists anymore. But um, yeah, that you had it modeled for you to really be loyal to yourself instead of taking up what was served. Yeah. And I think that's what you were saying, right, about the the, the younger generation. And I, it is interesting with that millennial mentor idea, right? Because being in the school where that I was at for almost a decade, most of the teachers and the leadership outside of myself were millennials. And it was fascinating. It was the first place I was that I felt like I was surrounded by people that had the same work ethic as me because I had been around Gen Xers and, and boomers prior to that. Mm -hmm. right. And so the pivot took a lot longer for, even though there were problems, the pivot took a lot longer for me to make in that organization because I suddenly was surrounded by people that I felt like, yes, this is, I, I get it. This is the right place. Right. So it's really interesting how, so it, I think we agree it is intentional. It's not that kind of like, Ooh, I fell into something. Ooh, I bumped into something, but a pivot is really an intentional shift. Even if we don't know what into. Yes. Well, it's funny. I had a conversation with a client this morning and I said, sometimes not this is enough of an answer. Like you yeah. might not get a, no, hell no, this is not for me. You might not get that. Oh my God, I'm so excited about this. But you certainly might get a whisper of not this, mm -hmm. not this. So really tune in. Oh yeah. You know? What, what keeps people from, from pivoting or what keeps them from hearing that? Not this. Fear, shame, guilt, worry, like all of those kind of low energy emotions busyness, not listening to themselves, right? Not taking rest when it's needed, wouldn't you say? Yes, and mm -hmm. I think it's also all those things that um, we take as positive, right? It's the, it is where my friends are, right? This, this, this is where my social structure is. Um, I believe in the mission, Right. I believe in what we're doing in this company, in this organization, in this firm. Mm -hmm. um, I believe I'm making a difference. Right. It's it's that it's those elements that do still feel good when something else is off, when the not this is just that whisper. I know I had that whisper for a long time. I really did. And and it was really hard for me and it had to get really loud for me to be like all right I, I can i can actually do something about this for that last time before then it was it was like yeah not this <laughs> <laughs> no no yeah 
Well, yeah, well, busyness, I think, is a big part, right? Like we get really, really busy and we forget that we have a, a, a purpose, right? That we have our own mission, our own vision of who we, who we are and what we want to be putting out into the world. And we just we become more of a, of a tool just to get shit done. Right. Like we just, right. Uh, autopilot or whatever you want to call it. We're just in that, in that spin all the time of busyness. And then I think too, that I would also add to this conversation is that a lot of times, like we are in a space where it's just fine. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's good enough. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you don't have that really loud, like, get the hell out of here when you don't have that environment those are easy environments to leave mm -hmm. and those are these are a lot easier pivots to make when you're when when there's a a hell no um get the fuck out right like when mm -hmm. we have those we're gone but when we get into this space where it's like eh, it's it's, it's just kind of, it's not really toxic, right? Those aggressions are just microaggressions or I can, I can handle this. I can, I can, it's fine. It's fine because yeah. I have all of these other things over here, right? I have my friends or I have this relationship mm -hmm. or maybe there's this carrot that's being dangled in front of me that one day I will get that promotion or one day I'll even be recognized for the work that I've done or mm -hmm. one day my hard work will speak for itself. Hard work does not speak for itself, by the way, um, right? But we get into this fine place and then it gets really, really hard to get out of that. Yes. And I hear um, all of those little things adding up to something that then becomes like a new landscape. And I, I've, we've been in this position where it's like, oh, this is the new normal. Like, oh, now that the work week went from 40 to 42 to, and all of a sudden here I am at 50, like it's a really slippery slope when you're in this whole new landscape that you no longer recognize, but you just label it as new normal yeah, and adapt. And then the landscape shifts again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that place where that landscape is continually shifting and we have lost any sense of personal agency. Mm -hmm. Right. We mm -hmm. forget that we are in choice. Like we, Louise, we have not said these words in a long time on the show, which is very <laughs> strange for us, but um, like, they're my favorite words. You are in choice. Yeah. You are always in choice. Every moment of every day you're in choice. That's and wonderful. most of us walk what? That's one of my favorite questions in a coaching session, right? With right. a client is like, what are you in control of right now? Yeah. And yeah. ultimately it always comes back to like, oh, my attitude, my actions, my, you know, it's always their agency. Yeah. It's a hundred percent because we get to choose and that's right. Whether or not we hear the whisper, because it can also be like, I don't know. It just, just something feels a little bit off. I'm just I'm okay. I'm fine. Like you said, Louise, I'm fine. Right. This is, but you're not, I, I'm not suggesting we all have to walk around lit up by our work all the time. Like that, that's also not realistic. And if you feel like your life isn't yours, that is a lack of personal agency. And that may be a sign that a pivot of some kind could be useful. <laughs> Just a friendly suggestion. Right. But pivots too, right? Like, and I hear it often um, in my coaching is like the, 
true or not true, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, but people believe that pivoting into a different organization or a different industry right now in this economic, whatever you want to call it, we're in is really hard. And so, but, but what we're talking about is intentionality around what are you changing where you are? How are you getting out of fine? And that could be a different business unit in your same organization. That could be a pivot into uh, something a little bit different yeah. or a, under a new leader or heck, sometimes it's even a, a pivot in your mindset. Or a conversation right. around boundaries or yep. right? like, right? It's, yeah. it's when you show up intentionally different and you want to make a change, right? Like that's the, that's the kind of pivot too. Um, it doesn't have to be a, a, a 180. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be you right. go from a pilot to a basketball coach that's a true story. Um, but, right. Like it doesn't have to be that odd um, or even right. It, it really can be anything, but it's about intentionality and showing up differently, being in choice, grabbing yeah. your power back. And the more you exercise that muscle, just like doing bicep curls, the more you're able to hear it when it's not for you. Yeah. 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 So what are some of those exercises, Christelle, that you use with your clients to, to help them strengthen um, the muscle of understanding where they are? I know Louise and I have shared some over the time, but I'd love to hear yours. Um, yeah. So human design gives a really nice framework for this, right? Um, that We've all talked manifesting generator, but really understanding your energy type and how this, how you work and why you work and changing some of the language that you use about yourself, right? So being able to kind of go, where is this coming from? You know, the, like I said, the permission to kind of go, okay, I don't need to be ashamed of all these things that I've tried and that didn't work out. I don't need to sit in shame. I can now understand that that's just part of who I am and change the framework of how I work with that. Uh, and that's just one piece of the chart. So that's that's just one, one thing, right? Um, and as you know, like coaching develops a ton of, of personal awareness and a ton of clarity. And I don't follow a smart goal kind of <laughs> model at all. Right. I want to know, I want to know how you want to feel. And I want to know what's important about how, what that for you, why are you attached to feeling that way? Um, yeah. I really believe my friend says this words are a magic wand. And, and we're constantly weaving this magic in our lives by the words that we choose. So if I'm painting my entire career path with shame, hmm, but if I'm looking at it as I got what I needed and I'm moving on, that feels way more empowered. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I think we need to do a whole episode on smart goals <laughs> and, and, and how they're not super helpful. They're not super smart often. They're not super smart. I was that's what I was gonna go with, but I was like, is that they're not I don't really want anybody to take it personally? Well, why not? Because <laughs> you know, because I have that that because of me, I care. Like I don't want those people to have hurt feelers, that deep feelingness in me. Um, it's but it, it, it yeah, I think we do ourselves a disservice when we try to over, over, so talking to the queen of like 
all things ease and let's make things simple. When we try to oversimplify only using one part of our body being our brains, right? To try and think our way through everything, we're doing ourselves a huge disservice because again, we're not able to enter personal agency from here, from our brains. It's just not possible. No, you can't think your way out of a lot of things sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thinking is helpful, mm -hmm. right? It's great for processing all that data. And there's a whole bunch of other wisdom that our bodies hold. Yeah. 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 Well, I just looked up at the time and we magically just went through 40 minutes of chatting and it felt like three. So I hope, I hope as people were listening, they had the same experiences. I would love to know what are our golden nuggets? What are we taking away from this juicy conversation that just feels like the tip of the iceberg? I think for me, it's, um, it's just that reminder about, um, like not giving your power away. Right. Um, Kim, you called it agency, right? We talk about like you are in choice, um, but we do give our power away like little by little by little by little. We talked about frogs and water. And I wasn't going to bring it up. I watched that episode. Weren't, I know that's like our best episode, I think. Um, Catching Kim fall apart is our best episode. Thanks, Louise. <laughs> um, uh, before this one, of course, because this is like, I, I could talk about this all day long mm -hmm. because there is so many juicy bits of, 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 I hope people take away to understand that like a pivot can look like anything, right? Um, when it's not working, like let's be intentional about how to make it work, right? How to, how to, how to change the way we work at work. That's what we're all about here. Um, so I love this conversation. What's also the name of your business? <laughs> well, aptly chosen, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Christelle, it's, a good, <laughs> it's a good thing. It is a good thing. Christelle, yeah. based on Louise's beautiful summary, the entire thing. Well, I love that our three stories, although unique in their own you know, pattern had a similar flavor and the words that we each use to describe like Kim used skipping along and Louise used, you use serving up, right? Like the, the words are all different, but there's a, a moment that clearly defined them all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, right, it is, it's always going to be your in choice, right? Reclaim mm -hmm. that agency. But I think the, the, the question that I posed at the beginning of this conversation is, is a pivot intentional? I think that's really an important thing that I want to, that I want to carry with me and that I would love for people to uh, also hear is that, right, it is that place of intentionality of, of at, even if the pivot never happens, the pause before the pivot of saying something here needs to change and being intentional about figuring out what that is, right? Like Louise said, it doesn't have to be, you know, a 180. It could be a two degree pivot if that's all it needs to be. And it doesn't, here's the other magical part of it. A pivot doesn't only have to happen in your career for it to 
correct whatever feels unsatisfying, unfulfilling, on whatever in your career. Yeah. It could be some other thing in your life that just needs a pivot, but it needs to be intentional. And so that's the part that's the juicy part for me. And 10 of those little pivots adds up to quite a large recalibration. Mm-hmm. It certainly does. More yeah. with the rewords. I love it. <laughs> I've been fascinated by rewords today. Um, so well, because we're in retrograde. And, yeah. and so all that good stuff. So re. It also starts with re. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So su- science has science. <laughs> I'm gonna say science, but it's not science at all. The, the, <laughs> leave it to me. Science says. Um <laughs> There has been some showing that the words that we use when we are in a period of Mercury retrograde allows us to move through it with more ease. And those words start with re. So it, other than the word like react, right? So removing, recalibrating, reassessing, realigning, um, all re-energizing, those are words that can actually nourish us and nurture us in a much softer way as we move through Mercury retrograde. And so that's, we are in that time right now. And so that is why I'm focused on the Rees. Oh, Mercury. Mercury, Mercury. Yeah, it's here until January 1st. So, you know, have fun. Um, (laughs) Christelle, if people want to find you in the world and continue this conversation or learn a little bit more about human design, where can they do that? My website is christellecourt.ca. Instagram at Crystal Core Coaching. Fantastic. Um, do you have anything coming up that you want to talk about, uh, share with the world? Anything new in the new year? I just confirmed this morning I'm speaking at the Foothills Wellness Retreat, which is going to be outside of Calgary in a town called Cochrane, early March. So I'm presenting on archetypes and there's going to be, yeah, quite a few powerful presenters. So I'm very excited to be part of the lineup. And if anybody fancies a trip to Alberta, Cochrane is beautiful. <laughs> the beginning week of March, I will be in Mexico. So I I'm I won't be there. Yeah. And well, I might be tired of the Winnipeg winter. So yeah. You never know. Go to the Calgary once instead. Come get some mountain air. I mean, you never know. In Calgary, you never know what you're gonna get. It's like That's 10 true. degrees outside today and beautifully yeah. sunny and whatever. So yeah. We had yeah, sun today. It's not when it's like Wednesday. the first time in 900 days we had sun. Um, <laughs> love, I love Quebec. Um, Louise, what do we have coming up? Oh, we have all kinds of things, um, but we also have uh, Crystal Reynolds coming up next week um, on our also December 20th. Yeah. yeah, and th- that's that's rounding out our year, our 2023 year, um, which has been fabulous here on Kick-Ass Career Conversations. We'll be talking about ripple effects. Um, so lots of fun next week. Don't miss it. Um, we are quickly approaching our 100th episode. Can you believe this? It's not going to be long in in 2024, and we'll be uh, we'll be at this. But uh, stay tuned for that celebration because uh, we will have one. Uh, but you can also find us uh, on uh, yourkickasscareer.com. Uh, please go there, see our list of events, and you have an opportunity to join uh, your Kickass Career Collective, uh, where you will be surrounded by people all wanting their own Kickass Career. Uh, we talked about empowerment and agency and choice today. 
And that's what that group is all about, helping you um, show up differently um, at work. So that's it, I think. Oh, but we also have, we're continuing our mark, our mini class series. Yes. Um, so our first one of the year is going to be on January 11th and it's about micro meetings. Oh yeah. Like if, if we could just make all meetings, micro meetings, unless it's a strategic planning meeting, cause I actually really like those long because then we get some good stuff done, but, um, micro meetings. Yeah. Those, that's going to be a good little mini class there. Yeah, uh, you can check out our whole mini class series. Uh, all the recordings are in the collective. Um, so you can check those out. Yeah, you can and check those out once you're in the collective. Yeah, and once there. Um, the mini classes are open. If you want to join us live, those are open to the public. So and they're yes. only 25 minutes long because, you know, there we all have classes short. Attention um, <laughs> check it out. All right, Christelle, we have devolved again. Thank you for sticking with us. <laughs> If you're listening to us still all the way to the end, thank you for doing that, Christelle. Thank you for sticking with us as well, because, you know, this sometimes gets a little goofy up in here. Oh, that's okay. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. I've got this big grin on my face. My cheeks hurt. Yay. Fantastic. Well, right, we everybody. look for What? Go. Go. I was just going to say, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. That was so politely said. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.